Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 164 where your host, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hey girls, what's going on? Hello. I feel like I've been run over by a truck. (laughs) It is September 11th, and I actually ran a full half, a full half. That doesn't make sense. I ran an entire half marathon last year on this date. It was hot. It was tough, but I finished. This morning, I did a 10K, which is only, so a a half marathon is 13.1. A 10K is 6.2, and I finished it in this heat, in this humidity. And I swear, I feel like I ran a whole marathon, which is 26.2 miles. That's how hot and humid it was today. It was disgusting, but I didn't die. So I'm holding on to that. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there like um, uh, a tropical storm that hit SoCal? I just heard that today that apparently this is some kind of tropical storm called K. I had no uh-huh. idea. I mean, I, in yeah. my mind, I really, I, I deduced that there probably was some kind of tropical thing going on. Cause every time it's like this, some tropical storm is at fault. Um, and I was sharing with someone uh, the other day that this was the weather almost the entire year, year that I moved here because it was El Nino oh, and uh-huh. it was humid like this almost every day. It was really horrible. And I, I just moved here and I like had such resentment towards my friend who I moved. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I heard I like, and I had talked about with my friend too, when the, there was a tropical storm I was, and even up here, it kind of feels like it too. I don't know if there's like some residual stuff that we're getting or something uh, because it's like humid up here as well. Yeah. But it actually but rained. Remember- the last two days here. Uh huh. I was gonna say because I remember they used to like when I was a kid growing up in LA. They used to be like that. There used to be like multiple tropical storms during the yeah. summer. We went um, from El Nino to El Nina or La Nina, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then there's been a whole bunch of other ones. Mexico always is having something in the Gulf that yeah. affects our weather here. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'd rather it just rain. Yeah, yeah, I would love the rain. Actually, right before the rain this weekend, I don't know if you guys remember, there was like really hard winds. I think it was on a yes. Friday. And yes. so um, mm-hmm. I came home and then my husband's like, I need to talk to you now. And I hate when he does that because it's something like really bad. And he took me to the backyard and apparently the tarp that my neighbor, my new neighbor used in in order from some small baby shower during the past weekend was like a 10 foot by 20 foot tarp. And I guess he bought it because he didn't take it down. And that same wind picked it up and threw it in our backyard. Oh, it's yours now. (laughs) It's all broken and everything. Anyway, so Frank had Frank and my brother had to um, anchor it down with rope because they they could not take it apart fast enough in order for it not to fly over. Yes. And if it flew like uh, maybe three more feet, it would have gotten our power power oh. yeah, yeah power um power what power wires power lines yeah lines power, power lines, lines. Yeah. and um yeah and damn i was just like dude and then when i had to come home by that time the winds were already low but it had started raining so it was like i see you weird weather 
it's weird. <laughs> and um, not only that, like during the holiday, the Labor Day holiday, I um, I have a small air AC unit that's just for the main room. And so I was like so excited because I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to throw on the AC and just kind of lay here and like veg out. But it was super hot. It was like in the hundreds. And then my freaking AC unit broke. And I was Aww. like, motherfucker, it kept fucking up the uh, the breakers. So I was like, well, now I can't turn it on at all. So when Frank came home on Wednesday from Nicaragua, he went on YouTube and he YouTube the fuck out of it. And now it works. So now I'm so grateful. Wow. I'm recording here in our room because <laughs> it's so hot out. Um but yeah, he like he took um he took the um vacuum and he vacuumed that like metallic grid where like all the dust like uh, gathers. So he did uh-huh. that. He did another re- a couple of resets and now it works. Knock on wood. I don't have any wood, but anyway, <laughs> I'm desperate. Where's the wood? Um oh the door. Okay, good. Um so but um yeah, man, if it wasn't for him. I mean, he was so mad because when he came home, it was equally as hot and he couldn't turn it on because, of course, it wasn't working. And then he had to go to work immediately. So he had to wait till Friday in order to have time to YouTube it and actually do all the resets and all the maintenance on it before it actually started working. I'd be like, nope, call in sick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he was like already looking for the receipts to return it to Costco and all this stuff. But then he's like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try with the YouTube. And he was successful. So nice. major props to the husband because, I mean, I would have eventually done it, but I wouldn't have done it in the heat because I hate working in the heat. I tried to paint during the the Labor Day. I, I have this like... Um, I constructed this sort of like shade so but the inside it's wood so like I was painting it in white and looks nice but I was dripping sweat and I was like fuck this I I painted like a corner and I was done and I started (laughs) I started painting at 7 p.m because it got a little cooler yeah and I stopped at 11 I just couldn't continue and I couldn't do you went on for longer than I would I would have given up after like maybe 30 minutes or an hour yeah me too (laughs) well I had a few beers so I was like kind of numbing the pain but still like by 11 I was like nope this isn't working I mean I had painted my hair I had paint on my face because I was trying to uh, clean off the sweat it just it's it was ridiculous <laughs> I had to take a bath and soak in it and then just like rub all the pain off me. yeah but um that was an adventure I think <laughs> but, yeah, but needless to say guys it's super hot here in California Southern California and I can't wait for it to just rain and cool off a little bit Although I have to say it rained and I went outside just to feel it. And then I got bit by like three mosquitoes. It's, yeah. it's a no win situation, guys. Okay. What it is. I, I don't think I've actually run into any mosquitoes while living here in NorCal. I just don't think they exist here now. They do. There was one in the shower with me the other day. Oh, well, wow. this is so cal. So weird. No, I'm just saying I used to live in Northern California, so I know they exist, but I just found it weird that it was in the shower with me. And it was, yeah. I, was, I kept trying to, to smash it be- between my hands, uh, but I kept missing it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, was, oh, yeah. I had a long weekend of drinking vodka. Oh, <laughs> just thinking just, about that makes me hurt. Yeah, yeah. it was it was um, um the flavored vodka. We had a vanilla one. And a blueberry one. 
Ooh. Yeah. And we had uh we had gone to the mall and apparently it sugar sells like some sweet concoction mixture drink. Oh. And you just pour the vodka in it, let it infuse for a couple hours. And it like one, it changes the color of the vodka and two, makes it even sweeter. So we did that. I just a lot of sugar syrup. And vodka was consumed, <laughs> and I am suffering for it. <laughs> oh, oh, to be in your 20s. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not 21 anymore. I'm not 21 anymore. That's got to be tough, because I remember Those when I was younger. Are... Yeah, there, there were hardly any uh, hangovers, but now it takes you a whole week just to recover. That shit is real. You didn't drink enough water, both of you. <laughs> I I did. But at not in point, this heat, you need to drink twice as much. Oh, that's true. Well, was, <laughs> at some point, the blood, the blood alcohol level content wins out. My <laughs> 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 blood can't take in any more vodka or water, and it just expels everything out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Kristen, you have some juicy chisme. Tell us all about it. There is a ton of cheesement coming out from the D23 Expo. Uh And if you don't know, D23 is the um, the big Disney uh, Expo that happens once a year. Actually, I don't know if it's it used to be once a year. Then COVID happened. And I'm guessing they're going to go back to once a year or maybe it's every other year. But regardless, it happened this week. Uh, and there is a lot coming out um, from it. And if you make my re- you might remember if you went to San Diego Comic-Con and was like, I can't wait to go to the Friday. Is it Friday? The Friday? No, Saturday evening Marvel. It's one of those two where it's the Marvel big Hall H um, panel that happens. I don't know if it's Friday or Saturday now. I want to say it's Friday. Um, and there wasn't one this year because they were saving all their juicy tidbits to share at D23. Um, Because of course, if you've been hiding under a rock, you might not know that Disney owns Marvel. So um, we have a lot of cool things coming out. Um, The people who were at uh, the D23 Marvel panel got to see some uh, clips from a lot of different movies. They got to see clips from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Ironheart, Secret Invasion, Werewolf by Night, and Woo-hoo. a whole bunch of other stuff. And it was also shared that Matt Shackman, who directed WandaVision, the critically acclaimed, amazing series that came out last year uh, on Disney streaming, Um, He is going to officially direct the MCU's new Fantastic Four feature film. So that's kind of interesting because that WandaVision definitely was amazing to watch. So um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to be doing theater theaters November 11th. And people got to see some footage that showcased the Dormelage as they set the stage for an epic fight against. Namor and the Atlanteans. And I know that Sarah has a hard on for Namor. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am just so there. I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm-mm. I mean, the, I, I like I as someone who's like does not keep up with like Marvel stuff anymore. I finally saw who the actor was and I was like, hey, <laughs> 
it's like, can I have a free pass for that? <laughs> for that ride? Because uh, in this case, I am supporting me more. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so what's the, um, what's the phrasing? Oh yeah, I'm thinking with my dick. <laughs> So in the um, footage of Wakanda Forever, the audience also got to get a quick glimpse of Riri. Um, Riri Riri Williams Williams is, of course, the Ironheart um, character. And um, she it it was mentioned a long time ago that she was going to be uh, premiering in Wakanda Forever, which I'm super excited about. I really like her character um, and her series is going to be coming out um, probably next year. It is still in production. Um, and the clips showed Riri building bits of her Ironheart armor uh, and how, um, and, and Kevin, I can never know how to pronounce his last Coolidge? name. Fahey, Fahey. Oh, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The main Fahey. Marvel dude. Fahey. Um talked about how the Ironheart show is going to focus on the cross-section of magic and technology. Um, So the one piece, there's a whole bunch of stuff that was talked about, some Ant-Man, Wasp, Quantumania, Secret Invasion stuff, Loki and Fantastic Four, Echo, if you watched um, uh, Daredevil, Hawkeye. Oh, Hawkeye, yes, yes. yes. Um, She came out in that. She premiered in that um, Daredevil Born Again, a whole bunch of cool stuff. But the one thing that caught my eye, because I did not know this, is that Gael Garcia Bernal is going to be starring in Werewolf by Night. Um, Gael Garcia Bernal? Yes, that's yes. what I said, baby. Yes. <laughs> holy, oh, holy shit. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. And that is going to be coming to Disney very very soon so get your vibrators out ladies it's gonna be in october (laughs) that it's coming and it actually sounds very interesting it's gonna be a film so it's not a series and it was shot entirely in black and white and it kind of is a throwback to the twilight zone an old monster and old monster movies of the 30s and 40s yes let's go monster fuckers rise up So the footage that was shown at D23 um, suggests that the film follows a group of monster hunters seeking out a monster among them. So lots and lots of cool info. If you're an MCU enthusiast, there is a there was a lot for you to devour and chew on uh, for things that will be coming your way either to the small or big screen. So um, that is the cheese de la semana. Dude. I, the one thing that I did hear about that I was like actually like excited for is that they released the season three trailer for The Mandalorian. Oh. Looking forward for that one. Nice. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to the series Andor with um, uh, Diego Luna, uh, Casey and Andor. Uh, uh-huh. That's coming out pretty soon, I think in a few days or weeks or something like that. But I'm very excited for that because it's supposed to show like a different side of the rebellion, like a more of adult kind of content. Really? Um, yes. Not content, in, but more of a not so romanticized uh, rebel battles and stuff like that. More like, I guess. Like spy shit. Yeah. <laughs> War yeah. crimes. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm very excited. There are war criminals on both sides, Mm -hmm. always. 
And so I'm looking forward to that. And now knowing that Gabriel Garcia, uh, Garcia Bernal is going to be in another Marvel uh, project is so exciting. I love these guys forever, ever since Y Tu Mamá También and <laughs> Rudo y Cursi and La Casa de Mi Padre. I mean, these guys are so amazing. They're so gifted and I just have always loved them. Um, and they're so recognizable. Yes, yes. Well, um, to us at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, there's a lot of melanin happening in our uh MC universe here and I love it. <laughs> All right guys, now it's time for on my radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? So speaking about Twilight Zone, I read a book this week that um kind of reminded me of that um kind of anthology but also more so creep show oh. and Tales from the Crypt. So there is a new book out this week called Shock Shop. And of course, it is September. So that means that all of the comic publishing companies are coming out with their horror um, books because, of course, Halloween is coming. And you all know, if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, that Colin Bunn, who is the writer of Harrow County, um, is one of my favorite horror writers. James Tinian definitely is is moving his way up the ladder as well. But uh, Colin Bunn is the writer of Shock Shop, and it's a brand new horror anthology, but not just any old anthology. It's a flip comic. So basically, one side of the story, the one side of the book, you read it and you read the book. And then when you turn the page, it tells you flip the book and start um start another story, uh, not flip the page, flip the book and start another story. So that I thought was so unique and cool um, and uh, definitely gimmicky, but I liked it. But what I really liked about it, Shock Shop comes from the um, the part of the story who are narrators. So, you know, in Tales from the Crypt, you have the gatekeeper or the crypt keeper, sorry. <laughs> and then in Creep Show, you have the little guy who is at the um, at the ticket booth, who is kind of giving you a brief description of the story that is to come. Well, Shock Shop also has a, um, a, a person who is narrating not the stories but basically gives you a little kind of intro yeah and it is a creepy beautiful um very mysterious owner of a comic book store <gasps> so that yes! is what where shock shop comes from so the first book has two different stories um one is familiars where um Trevor, the main guy, rents a house and tries to rebuild his life and discovers that the house appears to be, quote unquote, haunted. And he brings his children because he's going through a divorce. They share custody. And he's like, this is so cool. And he's like showing the cool stuff about what's happening. But as the reader, we get to actually see behind the scenes what is actually causing it to happen. So that is the first installation of Familiars. And in the second one, something in the woods, in the dark, a husband and wife are going through some tough times and they go camping on a trip with some friends. And of course, they're in a dark forest at night and you all know that there can't be a dark forest without some creepy something going on in uh, in a comic book horror story. So um, I really enjoyed it a lot. The um, 
the uh, artist is Danny Lucker and Layla Le- Lays, L-E-I-Z. Um, and I just enjoyed it a lot. And the fact that it is um, uh, an anthology, it is that anthology that is kind of set in a comic shop is uh, interesting or that the the narrator, the the intro the person introducing the stories is a comic store owner. I thought that was really cool. So, and I really just enjoyed it a lot and I can't re- wait to read number two. Well, that sounds pretty freaking cool. I really like that. And the fact that you get two stories in one, I think yeah. that's really great. And I love, I just love, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Creep Show was like my very first comic I ever owned. I got it at a, a oh, yard sale nice. for 10 cents. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. I know. I mean, it was already a little damaged, but that was the very first comic I ever owned. So Creep Show and um, very any, cool. Yeah, isn't it? And any, any horror comic book has a special place in my heart. Uh, I used to, I grew up watching Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, even though it was extremely Mm. inappropriate for me to watch (laughs) at such a young age. I don't care. That's what I grew up with. Um, But yeah, no, this sounds amazing. I'm really excited about this. And how um, is, is it going to be just uh, one shot or is it like a five issue? No, I I think it's a limited series, probably just until these stories. um, And I want to say maybe it's five issues. Um, But I, I think I just ordered number three. Um, it does say it's a mini series, but I don't know how many issues it's going to be. Oh, awesome. Maybe it'll carry us through like October and just get all. Oh, definitely. Cause mm-hmm. I just did FOC for some, uh, for some, uh, early October books. And I think I ordered number three. Oh, awesome. Excellent. I love that. <laughs> all right, guys, I know it's that time. And what time is it? Es la hora de la cervecita. And I am, I I take the beers out and I leave them here. So when we get to that point in the podcast, they're already, it's already here. I don't have to get up. I don't have to, but it is so hot that the can is so sweaty that there's like now water all over my computer. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Mine is still cold. Yeah. So we are drinking today Avery Avery Brewing Company's White Rascal uh, that is a Belgian-style white ale, and it is made with curacao orange peel and coriander. So there's some spice going on there. Uh, and it is a 5.6, so not as light as maybe you need, Jen, but definitely not an IPA. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I mean, white, <laughs> white no, rascal, yeah, white rascal brewed with Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, malted wheat, coriander, curacao, orange peel, hops, and Belgian yeast. And Avery Brewing Company looks like it is from Boulder, Colorado. And it says here, authentic, zesty mischief. Yes. Very exciting. I took a whiff of it and I was immediately transported to uh, Friday night, chugging (laughs) chugging (laughs) beers at the concert. It's been a long weekend, you guys. Uh, it's been a long weekend. Were they $15 beers? 
It depended. They had ten to fifteen dollar ones. Oh, I paid fifteen dollars for a freaking Stella, and it was hot. I was mad. Oh yeah. (laughs) Since I guess since it's NorCal, they were selling like canned beers, but they were like IPAs. They were like they were um, uh, craft beers. So I was just like, fuck it. (laughs) So that's always good. Yeah, this Mm -hmm. beer has already been sitting out for a good forty five minutes. I would say maybe not even maybe half hour. It's warm, but. Ooh. My favorite beer is a Belgian style beer and white ales are basically the intro to Belgians. Very light, very drinkable, um, very um, it pairs very well with most anything. Um, and so when I saw that we had uh, this, I was like, oh, yes, um, I I actually feel like I how oh, I should have poured it in my Thing to keep it cold like I did last week. I forgot. Okay, Darn now it. we know to remember. That's a to fail do that. for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even warm, this is really good. I really enjoy it. Uh, yes, actually, uh, this is a very famous uh, brewery. Um, I like oh, how the can says a beer first, the the rest will follow. Um, but no, like the A is really distinct. I mean, I remember seeing it all over the place, it's including one of the comic books we reviewed many, many years ago. I believe it was called Tethered, something to do oh, with yes, like, yes. A, yeah, one of the guys was wearing uh, Avery Brewery t-shirt. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. You have a good memory for detail. Yeah, I put a gun to my head. I would not have known. Well, you know what it is. It's like whenever it's something to do with like beer and stuff. Like I'll remember that. Uh, Including this iconic A. Like I remember uh, when I was listening to my brother's podcast called. um, It was called the Mustache Cash Dash podcast, and then. Uh, yeah, so they would review beer, and this was one of like their favorite uh, go-to breweries. Was this um, Avery Brewing? Oh, cool! But that's how I actually got introduced to it. I haven't had anything in a long time, but this one just seemed really fun because of the the artwork on the can. Is this kind of like um, what is this a nymph? It looks uh, like a satyr. A satyr. See, you know more about that. So it, it has a pointy ear, sort of like uh, fairies, but it also has the horn, sort of like Puck in a Midsummer Summer Night's Dream. Um, and then mm-hmm. it has a little goatee and everything. And it's really, it, it looks really mischievous because, you know, they, they're into that kind of causing a little bit of mischief out there. And mm-hmm. he's laughing and it just seemed like a lot of fun. And it's called Right Rascal. So, it, you know, it makes oh, sense. Yeah. yeah. It's he's a little rascal. It's really good. I wish rascal. it was cooler, but I, uh, uh, <laughs> I already picture myself putting ice in it. Don't come at me. <laughs> no, I mean, and I don't think the anyone should. Yeah, because the day is so freaking hot. That's funny. All right, you guys, are you ready to rate it? Yes, yes. I yeah. can definitely taste the, taste the coriander, but I really love the Belgium yes. that it's set against. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great combination. I would have never had thought coriander and um, uh, on a Belgian style would be something that I would even like. Um, but it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty damn good. And I could definitely change the, I'm so sorry to bother. I could definitely okay. t- uh, taste the orange zest, but it's not overpowering at all. It's just a compliment to the whole entire brew style in this case. Yeah, I, I like I said, white ales are just, Belgian white ales are just one of my go-tos when I go to any restaurant. Um, they will have sometimes, um, 
uh, Allagash White on draft. Mm-hmm. And if I, I see that at a restaurant, I will get that 100% every time. So mm-hmm. um, this one's really good. I've never had this one before. Uh, and I'm always all about uh, discovering new Belgian beers. So um, since we're ready to rate it, I'm just going to remind everyone listening our rating scale, our newly ra- uh, developed rating scale that we um, we uh, showcased last time for the first time. Um, so it is a five-point rating scale with um, very unsatisfied being number one, satisfied, number two, neutral. You're just right in the middle. Middle, You're like, whatever. Um, satisfied, number four, and then very satisfied, number five. And we still kept on, held on to Super Saiyan. So a six out of five is still Super Saiyan. So we also have a specific special uh, a flaccid, just in case. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. Although I don't get many a chance to use it, but um, but it's one of my favorite. It's my one of my favorite words to say, flaccid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna Incredible. go ahead and start first. Um, I think they were really respectful of the Belgian style Bruce Bruce style. I, I like how they accented it with coriander, which is not one of my favorite uh, beer ingredients. But in this case, it was really just really well done. I love the zest from the peel, the orange peel, but not too much of it, where it's just kind of complimentary. Um, also to note, it's a hot day, and I think it's a refreshing brew mm-hmm. that you could have on a day such as this. Um, and yes, I wouldn't be opposed to adding some um, ice to it if need be. <laughs> um, so I think it works on a multi-level platform, so I'm very satisfied. Ooh, five. Yes. Okay, so this is Kristen. I made the mistake of leaving it out and not pouring it in my little uh chiller wine glass like I did last week so it got hot um but I can still taste that um that Belgian style taste that is very signature to a Belgian style brewed beer um but I I agree with you on the coriander not my favorite um and uh also doesn't bother me here um I do also taste the orange peel which I am glad about because I know we've drank many a beer where it says it's a flavor, but it's not. I don't taste any of it. So, but I, unfortunately, due to my own, I have no one to blame but myself, uh, my own um, oversight, I'm giving it a satisfied just because it's hot and um, I cannot fully appreciate it. Probably if I had it cold or if I add those ice cubes, I will jump up to a very satisfied. There you go. So a f- like a 4.5. Yeah. All right. Well, my can is still cold and I'm mostly using that. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, I, I do like the flavor. It's light enough uh, for me right now. So it's a good <laughs> thing to have after a drinking binge. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I do like the coriander actually. Yeah, hair of the dog. Uh, <laughs> I do like the coriander, and I like the little like um uh, citrusy twist at mm-hmm. the end. Um, it's pretty good. Um, I know I've had um uh, 
other Belgian styles, maybe not a white ale. I think this is the first time I have a white ale. Um, uh, but I like it. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four right now. Maybe if I was more sober, it would be a five. <laughs> but right now it's a four. <laughs> so a sat- satisfied is it or what's a yeah, four? Satisfied. Nice. That's still a good rating, mm-hmm. specifically yeah. when you're so hungover from from hard liquor. So I think yeah. that's, that I think that says <laughs> a lot about your rating. I think it's great. Yeah. Awesome. So that has been our beer review. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today, girls? So today we are reviewing a book called A Thing Called Truth. And it's written by Yolanda Zanfardino and drawn by Elisa Romboli. They are Italian comic book creators. Uh, And um, this book is uh, published by Image. And it came out in single issues. And I remember reading the first issue and being like, oh, my God, this looks really interesting. And then I never went back because uh, no one else was interested in it. So I stopped ordering it. Um, so oh, that's I, too bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. I was going to say something, but I didn't want to cut you up. But it really is too bad because I super enjoyed this. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. So when the trade came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to order it because I want to read it. And it is written by the same. And I think it the same artist. It's the same um, duo uh, duo who did uh, Alice in Leatherland. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Which I have also ordered that trade. So as soon as that comes in, we're going to read. <laughs> that the entire like, trade yeah yes. because we only did like uh, the first issue right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. no wonder the artwork and even like the writing style were kind of familiar mm-hmm. uh they de- they definitely they both they have a style both of them mm-hmm. that is uh, that is uh now starting to become recognizable to me yes so this book Uh, follows a workaholic scientist who wanted to save the world and a woman who fears nothing except discovering her own destiny. And these women find themselves mixed up in a chaotic on-the-road adventure through Europe together. Um, Will they manage to find a middle ground between their opposite way of life, at least long enough to be able to complete their missions? And what if this leads them to unexpected romance? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm going to start. And so I, I, this is Sarah and I do not like to read the, um, the back part of the comic. I just like to kind of dive into the story and then go back and read the back of the book Mm -hmm. um, to see how they describe or the synopsis or whatever. But um, so I saw the cover and I saw the license plate and I thought maybe that's just a homage to the characters or something like that. So by the fourth page, I was like, wait a minute, they're in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you idiot. Of course. I mean, if you compare the license plates, you know that they're European license plates. Right. And then the license plate is actually letters from the last names of the creators right right so that's why i was like it's an homage blah blah blah. but i was like idiot it's totally there in europe well so do you know that i was reading it and when and then uh, (laughs) okay so without uh 
just jumping in and talking about it so it's not too confusing. Um, the uh, the doctor, what's her name? Her name is um, Mag. Mag. That's right. Mag. Yeah. So, so Mad- Madeline Traumer. Mad. Yes. Mad. Mag. Mag. Magdalene. Magdalene. Yes. Okay. Um, so she's the doctor and she has been doing research for years Six on, years. on some medical equipment that she finally has discovered a way to be able to, uh, create them and provide them to, um, to patients, um, or to provide them to companies who then can in turn provide them to patients at pennies on the dollar, like, like so cheap that she literally is like, this could save the world. And so she discovers that she does a little audio report on it. And then lo and behold, she comes to work the next day and she can't get in. It's like these companies don't want to actually um, encourage people to save money. Uh, that can't be right. Can it? (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Uh, so, um, without telling you the whole story, Mag is like, F these people, you know, and, and we come, we come to find out that actually she had spent so much of her time and life on, um, this research that her marriage actually failed. And so her husband was always chastising her that she didn't know how to have fun. All she cared about was her work. And that she needed to learn how to just let loose. So when she finds herself fired, basically, but not really fired because they try to they try to gaslight her and say that she turned in her resignation. When she finds herself fired, she's like, F it, I'm going drinking. So <laughs> that's what I would do, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and also we come to find out that she has been working so hard and so long for so many years that she has so much money saved up because she's never had the opportunity to go and actually do anything or travel or Mm -hmm. do any experiences that Mm -hmm. she could spend her money. So, um, so she is, um, she, she's at this bar and she's buying all kinds of people rounds and drinks and, and she gets, too uh she gets a little too excited and actually gets kicked out (laughs) Yep, (laughs) we've all been there (laughs) yes now uh, what i really like about this story i hate to interrupt but i i like the fact that she recognized that she could not drive and so she decides to just um spend the night in her car parked at the bar but what she did well because she's drunk is she left her keys in the in the front uh driver's side and so Yes. So then we are introduced to the next character. Dorian. I know her last. I'm sorry, Dorian. Dorian. I was gonna say I know her last name's Wild Fang, but I couldn't remember <laughs> what her first name. <laughs> Dorian. Okay. So, so we get a little the woman bit of-, of my dream, <laughs> right? Oh my god, she's so. Oh my god, beautiful man. Great. We get a little backstory on her, where she and her um, brother Faust, um, basically. I get the idea that they kind of were like not grifters, but just like 
kind of took whatever came along and like mm-hmm. kind of fly uh, by the seat of your pants. Yeah. No yeah. Jack yeah. of all trades kind of guys. Right. Yeah. yeah just and just girl. need to pay the immediate bills, but mm-hmm. pretty much spend their time together, snacking and binging old movies. Right. So, so that, like- that is her, her brother. And um, unfortunately he is ill and he passes away. And so this is, it is a spoiler, but it's not the biggest part of the story. So that's why, um, yeah, don't worry. Don't get mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so then Dorian finds herself also in a situation where she's like, um, I, I don't want to say too much about uh, what she finds her brother's, um, her brother's, I don't know. She finds it or he gives it to her. No, Um, no, she, it's, it's like part of his like stuff after like he's passed away. Got it. Yeah. So so like his last, uh, I guess, objects that they give away when the pa- the patient dies. Right. But also so it's he, like his- he actually dies from uh, hereditary illness yes. that their mom had before them. Yes. And now Dorian is faced with a big issue. Right. So she gets this uh, like journal that has his like this list of things that he wanted to do and complete in his life. And so as his sister and as someone who loved him very much, she takes it upon herself to want to complete this list for him. But yes, just like Sarah said, um, he dies of something that is genetic and the doctors want to test Dorian and she refuses. So at this point, as a reader, we have no idea what, uh, if she has the genetic marker that caused her, um, mom and brother's, um, death or not. So, because she and her brother were kind of just like, yes, pay the immediate bills and just like come what may, she doesn't have a lot of money. So she is looking um, to go and start on this adventure of completing this list that her brother had made prior to his death when she comes across a car with the keys sitting right in the front seat. And it's almost like, like fate. Yes, it's <laughs> like divine intervention. Fate led her here, and she does not ignore the message. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you so do that what you is do. that is how these two characters from their own separate lives come together in this book. Um, and the book takes us then throughout um, the journey of Dorian wanting to finish this list. And then Mag basically being like, F everything, but also, no, I, I, that's not who I am. I follow the rules. And, and so it, it's definitely um, two kind of a- opposites coming together, trying to, to um, like manage this whole trip uh, together. And you kind of see Mag fighting it uh, and Dorian trying to be like, come on, like, just, just do it. Live a little. <laughs> just, just live. Uh, and so um, the whole entire rest of the book is just those two personalities, sometimes clashing, sometimes getting together, but then also as the back of the book infers maybe a little bit of romance. I absolutely love this story. I, um, also, you need to know that uh, they were really big movie buffs, both Faust and um, 
Dorian. And mm-hmm. so like the destinations have a lot to do with mm-hmm. the movies that they really love. Um, and oh. so they end up, so they have to get to this city, reenact a scene Mm-hmm. at the location and then move on so initially uh mag is like completely horrified of what dorian is doing which is reenacting this these scenes and the first one was uh they went to rome and she went into the trevi fountain and was trying to reenact la dulce vida or dolce vida dolce vida i think i'm saying it right dolce vida mm-hmm. um and then they got uh pursued by police and so, <laughs> so that makes it a lot of fun and so mag is having a lot of like second thoughts about this but um it it i don't think it's not until they get to spain and um then dorian is thrust on stage uh made up by some drag queens and performs yeah. <laughs> a number from this movie called high heels now that's when i got completely captivated by this book because um they give you the information of like the high heels and stuff i mean about the movies and stuff like you kind of like i totally recognized uh, the one in rome for the gladiator map maximus really yeah father of a dead son, a husband of a dead wife, murdered wife, you know, like all that stuff. So like I got chills. Right. And I'm like, OK, these guys like <laughs> the same movies I like. So like, I'm really feeling this. And then when they got to high heels, I had to actually look it up because I wasn't sure. And lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, I am a big um, Almodovar fan who is a Spanish um, director and writer. And he directs his own films and they're fucking amazing. But for some reason, I missed High Heels. I did. I have not watched that. So now that I know that Armodobot has a movie out there that I haven't watched, (laughs) I'm so excited about it. And it just was really touching. I also want to say, this is Sarah. I was reading the book, right? And I had my music on because sometimes I read while music is playing on on my iPad. No, I'm just kidding. Not my iPad, my phone. Um, (laughs) And I was reading it. And when they were like in the car and then um, Dorian was like, let me play some of your music that you have here. And Meg's like, no, don't don't do that. But then they played the song. And before I moved on, I was reading the lyrics, which they put in the paneling. Mm -hmm. And it was Passengers by the Stooges. The Stooges? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, I am the passenger, and I ride, and I ride that mo- that one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, is I- Iggy Pop? Iggy Pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. So at that moment in time, when I'm reading the lyrics, "Lust for Life" from Iggy Pop comes on. How funny! And, and then I start reading some more, and then when I started reading the lyrics of Janis Joplin's song, mm-hmm. then the Passenger song came on my radio, and I was like, "This is kind of like some crazy fucking <laughs> shit!" Like, oh my god! Like, I mean, I couldn't have actually generated this kind of magic while I was reading the book. And so I just I just really loved it. I love their personalities. I mean, I feel like I'm both of them. Like I feel like I <laughs> I I hit some of the adventurous parts of Dorian in me, but I also know I'm a Magdalene where I'm like super planning everything. I mean, you guys know that I always bring all these sorts of things that I think we might need, like <laughs> yeah. a towel and antibacterial soap and you know, potpourri, whatever, you know, like uh, you know, so I mean, I, I really love them both. As, as Those characters. are all things she's actually brought to the <laughs> convention. <laughs> yes. Yep, she has. <laughs> so um, 
I, I just really, I really love this. And I love how they challenge themselves throughout this trip. Um, these little like moments of, of, of intimacy, like when Dorian stops in the middle of the road to, to gather like a, a flower bunch oh, of, yeah. of, of lavender. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've seen that on, on YouTube. And I've seen that as like a destination to go to France and go to the lavender fields. Like all this stuff is like really like well thought out, like, every, like certain points in the, co- in the comic, there's like a, um, there's actually like a map on their destination, like Paris, London, Belgium. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait till they get to London and Belgium. Like, what are they going to do there? Um, but um, it's just been super freaking cool. It's been such an amazing ride. And um, I mean, I, I, I just I, I'm really loving this. I mean, it, it's so adventurous. And one of the, the beautiful like little snippets where they're like, you have to fall in love in front of the Moulin Rouge. And um, Mag turns to Dorian and she's like, so what do we do here? She's like, no, we're, we're already done. Because at that point, I knew that Dorian knew that she mm. was falling for Mag. And I just loved it. I, I, I th- This is so well written. There's so many beautiful, detailed, minuscule stuff that you can find in the story that just is, uh, elevates the story, the entire story. And it's just like so much fun. Mm-hmm. Such a wild ride. Um, so I can't, I mean, I know this isn't the last TP. So like, I'm like, oh God, can you please order the rest? <laughs> Cause I want to read them. Yeah. No. The story is, is, um, this, I think this is the, it for this one, like this is right here, the story, but yeah. it's definitely unfinished. Yes. Because, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely unfinished. So there might be another volume or under a different name, uh, that they might call it because the, even the beginning this, it starts off with like a car chase, like yes. the beginning of the book, but we yeah. never get to that point in the story itself. And there's like little oh, threads. Yeah. Yes, I went yeah. back and read that because I was like, did I miss something in the story? Let me go back and see wh- where they might be or whatever. And it was just so open. That's that's way in the future, like way in another country. Like it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, you're right, Jen. Go ahead. I'm so sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I'm no, just so in love with the fine. story. There is um, a like there's like there's like a bunch of like threads because there's that one. There's also the fact that um, uh, her ex-husband. Yes. Yeah. He's like looking for her as well. Uh, that is, And you know what? Uh-huh. I love that yes! because even though they're divorced and their marriage didn't work out. Well, they're not divorced because she has not completed the step but Mm -hmm. and and i want to know why she hasn't completed the step but also he cares enough about her that he's out there looking for her because obviously she's disappeared without a trace according to them so Mm -hmm. yeah i also want i also want the big ass drug company to fail and get exposed (laughs) yeah so there's like there's there's like a couple of other threads here and there uh the what's going on with dorian and stuff like that uh, you talked about how like that's when you really got involved. Uh, yeah, I really I uh, immediately got pulled in once like they do the intro piece for Dorian because I was just like, wow, that is the that is the butch lesbian of my dreams. <laughs> I was just like immediately like, yep, I'm here for this story. <laughs> yeah, she's really amazing. Uh, I really love her. And then when they they finally get out of the car because obviously. She hijacks the car and mm. he pr- basically kidnaps Mag. 
but it's not until they exit the car and stand up and outside the car that there's like this moment when you're like, whoa, Amazonian. Yeah, she's very tall. Yeah. (laughs) She's big. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, she also has a sense of style that Mag adopts. And that was like really beautiful, too, because it kind of shows how a couple can sort of like adapt other their couples or their significant others kind Mm -hmm. of look or mannerism or even way of talking. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was cool. I mean, I think they hit a lot of wonderful points. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it. I think you covered basically almost everything that I enjoyed about it. (laughs) Oh, well, I was really taken. I mean, just having that little part uh, of, of tying in the destinations with movies, iconic movies that they loved. I thought that was amazing. And that also teaches you. I mean, like I learned that I haven't seen high heels or tacones altos de Almodovar. And, you know, I can't wait. I mean, I already am looking to see where I can stream it. So <laughs> I'm excited. But uh, yeah, no, this was an amazing story. I think they make a great team as a creative team. I think they do a lot of research and a lot of like character development as they write their characters. And, I, and I'm really grateful for that because that really propels the story to become something really great. And um, so characters that we can become endeared and love and admire and aspire to be or connect with on, a, on another level. So I'm just like really excited. And thank you so much for letting us read this with you, Kirsten, because it's really, really great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, so I'm looking here on the image website because that was my one and biggest critique of the book. There's so many things that they introduced here and then never went back to. And I'm like, okay, fine. You had this trip and you loved each other, but what about the freaking medical equipment? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, and then not finished. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, this is my biggest critique of it. You're right. It's unfinished. Yeah, it's unfinished. And so I'm looking here on the image website. The first issue came out November 2021, and they were pretty consistent. Um, Number two came out December. Number three came out January. Number four came out February. And five came out in March. So there were no breaks at all. Um, it was five uh, issues, five months, uh, and that's it. And then now in 2022, the uh, trade has come out in April of 2022. That was a full uh, year and one month after the last issue came out. So I don't know if they had planned to write more. Um, I don't know if... Um, Anything's going to come. I mean, there's plenty of books who who um, whose storyline looks like it should move forward. And then it just stops and never did for many reasons. Um, The writers, uh, the creators become super busy with other projects. Um, The writers come super busy because they become TV writers. Um, Just a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff. And um, I was looking here to see if maybe the pandemic was an issue, but it was in late 21 and late and early 22 that this all came out with no breaks in between. So um, I don't see anything else coming out with regards to this book. And it makes me super sad. (laughs) Yeah. And I think maybe that was the intention. If there's no other books out there that for us to have like a longing, like a, (laughs) 
like a longiness part of the this book's experience. But um, yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I mean, and, and this is the thing. They stop it at a, a point where we have like all these questions, but also maybe these fantastical oh. scenarios. And then does she have the freaking genetic marker? That's where I was going. Mm-hmm. I was like, she's a medical uh, what is it research yeah. doctor she's so, a doctor she's a medical professional yeah but she's not just like a regular like pmd doctor like you know your uh-huh. regular doctor a general doctor. practitioner general practitioner i'm in the medical field and you're helping me out thank you <laughs> like, <laughs> like i can't i can't get the words out of my mouth um she's not like one of those she's like a researcher and a developer and all this stuff and she has she may have a genetic marker for an illness. So all I can think about is like, if she knows what it is that she has, then maybe she could be the one to mm-hmm. develop something to treat it. You know, like that's also one of my thought processes. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to make assumptions, but I'm going to make assumptions. I'm uh... Because it kind of feels like the story feels incomplete, like overall, like plot wise, but like the emotional arc of the characters is complete, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, That's that's what I was going to say, too, is like at the end of the day, I was frustrated about all those things. But the story that I think the creators wanted to tell, they succeeded in telling. Yes. So I'm wondering if they had to compromise because maybe they... They thought they were going to have more time to finish it, or they got canceled or pulled under them from the image. I don't know. Uh, the yeah. the indie comic scene is a cruel mistress. <laughs> uh, so who knows? But it, I, the story they were managed they managed to tell with uh, what they were able to do was really really good, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. So are we ready to rate it? Yes, yes, yes. All right. Uh, this is Sarah, and I'm going to give it like the whole panaderia and a cup of champurrado because I felt that I learned some stuff. I really love the imagery. The Oh, we didn't even mention the art. The art is superb. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's There's beautiful. a lot of wonderful like action sequences where they're getting chased but also there's a lot of like emotion that is being portrayed in like the facial features and the body language and even the positioning of the angles of the art is really just quite amazing um and i just think that this team was just really amazing in creating a story that right now we're still talking about like it should there we want more we mm-hmm. definitely want more. So that's why I'm giving it la- the whole panaderia and a cup of champurrado. Okay. So, yes, um, we didn't talk about the art, but it was very reminiscent of Alice in Leatherland. Yes. Um, and the character facial expressions and everything um, were were um, what I liked about that book as well. And so it, it is definitely the same for me here. I really enjoy the way that she, um, that she's able to convey uh, emotion in her character's expressions. Um, and even though I did enjoy the story that was told, I'm, I, I feel very unsatisfied <laughs> with all my questions in my mind. So I am still going to give it three conchas. Um, short of a whole panaderia because definitely if I even had the inkling or knowledge that more stuff was coming out, then I'd be like, okay, this is a great start. 
but this has been out now since April and we haven't had any singles coming out. So, mm-hmm. um, and again, we don't know why, but just because of, of, um, my own FOMO, right. I, <laughs> I'm giving it three conchas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to question on this one. Like, I do like, I like the story that we got told. I love the characters. I love these creators themselves because they've really proven themselves to have like a really unique style and a very endearing style that I personally really like. Um, but the story does feel incomplete and that is kind of bugging me. Um, uh, I am stuck between two or three conchas because I really do hope they are able to tell the full story and that it comes to a really cool uh very actiony it seems like uh that's the impression that we got from that first uh first few pages uh stuff so i just i really want them to be able to finish their story if they do still think mm-hmm. they can so i'm gonna go with two conchas but it was really good and i really liked it and i think people should read it because it's got a good emotional arc also lesbians <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. So that has been our book review, guys. All right, guys. Now it's time for In La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have for us Love is Mama's Hands, an Asian American Pacific Islander children's book celebrating diverse love languages, food, and culture. So it is, uh, I'm going to give a little synopsis right here. Um, It's being done by Tracy Guan, who is a mother and to a fun and strong-willed toddler. uh, And she's an author and educator. She writes books to inspire others and to uplift narratives that are not traditionally voiced. Uh, It says that this one is dedicated to her mother and all immigrant caregivers out there loving on their little ones in their own unique and diverse ways. So Love is Mama's Hands is a vibrant and heartfelt picture book that celebrates the many ways in which love can be shared, from words of affirmation to spending quality time together. Uh, We all have our own unique and diverse love languages. This story is an ode to immigrant families where love is often shown through acts of service, especially through cooking. Written in a lyrical and poetic style, Love is Mama's Hands tells the story of a young girl who sees that her mother shows love by using her hands to garden, knit, and cook. Learning to make some of her favorite Cantonese dishes, the young girl discovers her cultural roots. Soon she learns that her mother's cooking and other acts of service carry just as much meaning as the words, I love you. So, it is... uh, you the base you can always pledge without a reward you're just pledging to support but base pledge starts at $15 and it's basically you you are donating a copy to for a local school or library and you are donating basically one signed hardcover book uh 7 by 7 that's cool sticker sheet and a bookmark for uh 15 dollars that's really good that's yeah. a good deal and then at $21, you that's the actual book that you get to own. So you can actually, so donating the book is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, uh, I guess to incentivize people to do it, which is really cool. Um, but the single book itself is $21. It is a hardcover. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Yes. At $23, it's uh, a book bundle. 
So basically, it includes the the fifteen dollar one, but for yourself. So okay. at twenty three dollars, you get the uh, hardcover book, uh, the sticker sheet, and the bookmark. At twenty six dollars, you get um, I believe this looks almost like the same thing. I I am also kind of struggling to read what it says. Um, <laughs> at twenty six dollars, it looks oh okay, it's a bigger sticker sheet. So that's a, that's the difference right there. Mm. Uh, and then it keeps. Uh, going up from there uh and then i believe there's still an early bird double bundle so it means you just get two copies of the book uh and there might be i see that there is a five book bundle deal uh a virtual one and there's a teacher special so uh and there is a wholesale bundle as well so there's a retail one as well oh nice yeah and the artwork looks really, really like it looks really good and like really, really cute. Uh, she has it broken down, uh, kind of the the costs and the rewards as well. And she does have stretch goals as well. So the book is uh, she's trying to hit a goal of seven thousand five hundred dollars. It's currently at 5697 with 135 backers and eight days to go. Oh, so wow. She's, yeah. Um, she hasn't hit her goal yet, but she is like three-fourths of the way there. Mm-hmm. So if you can support it, I say uh, you should because it looks really, really pretty. Uh, and I think it's it looks like it is a, a very heartfelt passion project as well. So love is mama's hands on Kickstarter. Cool. That sounds super cool. I definitely, um, I definitely acknowledge that kind of sentiment where, like, with cooking and everything, you kind of feel your mom's love transmitted through that. And that's why some of the people are like, well, the special or secret ingredient is love. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that really comes through when you taste it and, and savor it. And I think this is really awesome. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Well, today I have for you a nonprofit organization called Reading with Pictures. And you can find out um, all about what I'm going to share with you right now at readingwithpictures.org. But their mission statement is to empower teachers, librarians, parents, creators, retailers, and publishers to engage all learners through the sequential arts. They foster the joy of reading and lifelong multi-literacy through the comic arts at all levels of education. They partner with educators, researchers, and policymakers to identify, develop, and promote best practices. They also promote the creation of and access to multifaceted representational comics and related resources by diverse groups of characters. And this came... Um, upon my radar <laughs> even though this isn't on my radar um uh by a creator that i follow on facebook facebook amy chu and and she shared um 
a link to this um, organization, readingwithpictures.org, to basically say, save the date. There is a virtual conference coming called Comics in the Classroom, and it's presented by Reading with Pictures, and it's happening October 15th, um, and the featured speakers are going to be Dana Simpson, Amy Chu, Jamar Nicholas, and Kara Bean, and it's sponsored by, um, partly by Scholastic. Uh, so I definitely think that if you are an educator or maybe you are a creator or a retailer or one of those um, different groups of people that uh, they mentioned in their mission statement, you might be interested in checking out this conference. And you can find out all the information about it at readingwithpictures.org. And it is happening on October 15th and it's virtual. So you don't even have to go anywhere or put pants on. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Uh, no, yeah, we uh, we got to talk a lot about introducing comics into the learning or the classroom with speaking with Dr. Teresa Rojas mm -hmm. and the importance and the reason why they choose to do that, which is include comics into the learning or the classroom. So um, this sounds like a really interesting and important kind of uh I guess a Zoom meeting that you could attend to virtually. And like Kristen said, you don't have to put pants on. So that sounds <laughs> super, super interesting. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And I guess this isn't really a saludos more than uh, our sincerest condolences because I, uh, a member, actually the lead singer and writer, uh, writer, a songwriter, Marciano Cantero, died at 62. He was the frontman of Los Enanitos Verdes, or the Green Elves. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so they they were a band. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with them, but they were one of the founding bands of rock and Espanol in the 1980s. The oh, wow. actual band was formed uh, in Mendoza, Argentina in 1979. Um, and they were pretty much one of the very pillars of the Latin rock or uh, rock and Espanol genre. Um, so and one of the best bands of all time to, uh, they have been known to say about Los Enanitos Verdes. So uh, losing such an amazing uh, songwriter and his son said a person, just a person. Uh, and uh, I actually got to see Los Enanitos Verdes perform at, uh, at Reventon Superestrella many, many years ago where they have like the celebration um, at the Staples Center with a bunch of different uh, rock and Espanol bands and such. I, I got to see Café Tacuba as well from Mexico um, but Los Enanitos Verdes is always sounding just really amazing um, I don't know if you guys are familiar but I mean one of their song I mean one of their songs uh, La Muralla which is the the wall uh, the lyrics go estoy parado sobre la muralla que divide todo lo que fue y lo que será so basically I mean it's just a deep set of thought process in the lyrics. So like I'm standing on the wall between what divides what was before and what is to be. So, I mean, I just like it get chills, you know, the, the <laughs> writing was just so amazing. So 
I think um, we have lost other rock and español greats and uh, like amazing singers and songwriters and performers. But I think this one just was so close just because um, it just happened. And I feel like we should really celebrate the people that have really highlighted like Latin people in general. So he passed away at the hospital. He was going to have surgery to remove his spleen and part of his kidney. Um, so they don't have much details on what was the details behind that. But um, he was 62. So to me, that just feels like he was too young. Um, but yes, uh, um, a, a great from the Hall of Fame of Rock and Español uh, that actually inspired little Sarah to dance her heart out at La Boom. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I just it, it, um, it's just uh, it's just really unfortunate. But yeah, his music will live on, and he even did some solo stuff. So look that up on YouTube or on Spotify or any of your uh, music streaming platforms. Cool. So that has been our condolences. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Kristen, where can they find us? <laughs> you can find us at commodicycomics.com. I was about to say Heidi Ho Comics. Commodicycomics.com, um, which it's is our heat. website. You can find out all about us individually, as well as the um, different places that you can find us on the socials, on social media. We are on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTokie. A whole bunch of ways for you to reach out uh, and talk to us and get um, get uh, us any information you want to have us share or talk about. Yep. Yes. Also, remember, we are on YouTube where we do a lot of amazing interviews with local comic creatives. We haven't done anything new. We just haven't gotten around to kind of syncing our uh, schedules together. But hopefully within these uh, few months, we can find some time to actually make more content for our YouTube. But please do check out uh, Comadres Comics on YouTube because there's a lot of really amazing, inspiring stories from comic creatives, artists, story writers. Uh, publishers I mean you name it There's, they're all there but yes uh, check that out don't forget to like and subscribe that has been the end of this episode we have been your host I'm Sarah I'm Kristen and I'm Jen bye guys bye, bye. Chispa de nuevo